welcome to our continuing 2021 educational webinar series. I'm Catherine Short, Partnership Marketing Manager for First Healthcare Compliance. At First Healthcare Compliance, we help you with a comprehensive compliance management solution tailored to your business, a hospital, hospital network, healthcare practice of any size, billing company, or skilled nursing facility. And we help manage every aspect of a compliance program, and our training library provides hundreds of modules that are easy to assign and track. As part of our complimentary educational webinar series, we bring you experts from around the country to discuss relevant topics in the healthcare industry. We are so pleased to have Raymond Ribble, founder of Sphere Inc., a leading SaaS-based compliance analytics solution addressing PHI, protection, and cybersecurity in healthcare. The Sphere solution detects unauthorized access to patient ePHI and assists healthcare practice managers and compliance officers in preventing major data breaches. Ray presented, Ray presented to Adam members in 2019 on addressing the security risk assessment. Ray is also a co-founder of Fusion Systems Co. Limited, an international IT consulting business with operations throughout Asia and across multiple industry verticals. He is active in multiple international businesses, having lived in Japan and mainland China for close to 20 years. He is active in numerous healthcare privacy groups, such as HIMSS and MGMA, speaking at healthcare industry events, and works to contribute to, uh, to the growing awareness of the need to identify internal and external malfeasance to prevent data breaches. With over 25 years in the systems technology industry, Ray's career began as an aerospace engineer in Northrop Corporation, advancing into international financial systems consulting and solutions development across Asia for many of the world's top investment banks. Ray's firm was prominent in working with the high-tech program serving over 2,000 provider groups across Southern California in attesting to meaningful use and addressing the increasing complex privacy and security mandates. Before we begin, I would like to mention that at First Healthcare Compliance, we strive to serve as a trusted resource for compliance professionals, and every month we celebrate their hard work and de dedication with our Compliance Super Ninja recognition. One Super Ninja our team is turning the spotlight on is Julie Wilkins, billing compliance. Uh, she does billing and compliance for Radiation Oncology Associates PC. Julie's favorite part of working at Radiation Oncology Associates is that she loves everything about working there. The physicians in this practice have never wavered in their commitment to putting the patient first. She has worked with the group both as a therapist and in her current role, and she can't imagine a better company. She will be retiring soon and will miss her coworkers and her friends at ROA. Congratulations, Julie Wilkins. Our team is very honored to be, have the privilege of working with you. A copy of the slides is available for download on the control panel. Feel free to submit questions into the question box on your control panel during the presentation. We'll address questions at the conclusion. Your PACOM and PMI CEU certificates will be emailed to you following the broadcast. 
Your Paycom certificate will come directly from Paycom and your PMI certificate will come from our email. There's no need to request either one. Additional CEU opportunities will be available to BC Advantage members following the live broadcast. See their website for details. So um, let's see. So uh, and if you recall, again, a download of the hand, handout is available with a button on the uh, side panel or the upper panel of your screen. So then, Ray, a very warm welcome. We're very happy to have you here at First Healthcare Compliance presenting. Thank you so much. Thank you for the introduction. Uh, hi, everybody. Again, this is Ray Ribble, and I'm with Sphere Inc. And as was mentioned, uh, we're in the business of helping you protect your patient PHI. Uh, what I want to do for you today is walk you through a very short presentation on pretty practical ideas and what you can do to protect your home environment if you're an IT manager, an administrator, a security officer, a uh, privacy officer, and you're faced during this pandemic uh, with work from home employees, and they're coming to you saying, what can I do to improve my security? I'm hoping that I can share with you some of the things that we've seen in our practices at Sphere and with our client base uh, that might be practical, easy for you to do, and extremely low cost as well. So with that, let me get started. First and foremost, I'm not an attorney, and I'm while I know quite a bit about healthcare and healthcare cybersecurity, if you have any incident uh, related to a breach or any type of a, an infraction, please reach out to a professional to get that addressed and make sure you take care of it in a very, very timely manner. Um, let's jump right in. Let's take a look at the problem that we're having here in the US. Uh, you can see these numbers are kind of staggering in terms of what happens in terms of the breaches and the types of breach, breaches that we have. Uh, Microsoft uh, a couple of years ago talked about the fact that the perimeter has been breached, meaning that no matter what we do as organizations, as employees, as people sitting at home using the Wi-Fi and using our internet capabilities, that there's bad people out there, whether it's a neighbor or somebody roaming in your neighborhood uh, that are trying to get to your data. Uh, data is valuable uh, in the wrong hands. It can be very damaging. Uh, and so the numbers here aren't meant to scare you. They're just meant to make you aware of what's happening, how large it is. The one that catches me is the 8 billion mobile devices that are in use just in the United States. It's a staggering number. But I think when you walk around your own home or if you walk around your office and you look at the number of devices that are actually internet capable, internet of things, it, it scares you with what you're looking at in terms of those numbers and then the ability for somebody who's looking to do harm to get into those systems and then through those systems, get to you or get to your business and, and create havoc. Uh, so again, it's more for your education. You can look at this. This comes from the Verizon data breach study that was released last year. And I like to jump right in. Let's talk about what's on the horizon. I mean, geez, we have enough to worry about. Let's worry about a few more things. Um, cybersecurity threats on our horizon. And here's 10 things that I picked up from various articles that are out there. Uh, data breaches are inevitable. We hear about them every day to the point where we're now immune to data breaches. Um, we don't even pay attention to what type of a data breach it is. We're all concerned about healthcare and healthcare data breaches. Uh, I have the next point here, business people go massively public. It just means that we're out there using different interfaces. Even during the pandemic, we're going out there and using interfaces to communicate with other people. And we're relying more and more on communication related technology in order to reach other people because we can't meet with them uh, in person. 
security is not just the responsibility of your security team or whoever your IT manager is. It's also your responsibility now. You probably don't have an IT guy at home. And the things that I want to share with you in this presentation are things that you can do at home. They are really easy. I tried to focus on that for you today. Um, I'm not going to read all 10 of these points. I just want to emphasize that as you look at these, you ask yourself, do I fit this model? Is this part of who I am? Is this part of what my environment looks like? And I'm going to try to drill down on a couple of these points as I go through the presentation. Um, so the first thing we want to do from a business perspective, and I'm going to start with the business and then we're going to reach out to, to the home office as well, is we have to establish a security culture. So what are we doing to make sure that we're protecting ourselves, our data? Hey, I'm using my credit card to buy things, whether it's on Amazon or PayPal or whatever the case may be, I'm entering that number in there and I'd like to know that when I do so that it's secure. I'm relying on third parties to do that for me. Should I be doing that? Can't I do things to just be secure within my own home? So yes, you can. From a healthcare perspective, we want to make sure that everything that has PHI in it is secure. So we want to have dual factor authentication. We want to use encryption. We want to make sure that maybe we have a private VPN between my home and the office that I'm using to access any of the applications. That if I'm using an EMR that's out on the web, that that browser or the portal is properly protected and password protected and again, encrypted. So secure FTP, things like this that exist out there are, are a conversation you might have with your IT professional just to make sure that you've got things right. I'm gonna take some time later in the presentation to walk through really easy ways to strengthen your passwords within your system. Um, most homes don't have a firewall. However, uh, if you need one, you could go out and buy one. I don't recommend that for the home. What I do recommend you doing is spending more time looking at your modem and your router, making sure that you use a proper key or password in order to protect them. And there are additional things that you can do within the settings to secure that environment. And I'm gonna share that with you later on. Uh, plan for the unexpected. So to the people in the office, to the people at home, when you have a problem, if you have a friend who's in IT, if you have a friend who's a security officer, share some of the things that you've had happen to you with them and ask them, what can I do to improve that? So we learn through doing, we learn through making mistakes. Uh, the biggest mistake we can make is to get breached. So the more you ask questions, the smarter you're gonna be, the more protected your environment's gonna be. Um, a little bit of a fun slide here. Take a look at these guys here. The, the threat is very real. And what I'm talking about is building this defensive wall. Um, do you want to be one of those four guys that is probably going to get hit by that very strongly pounded uh, soccer ball there? Or do you want to be the guy over in the uh, far right corner who's running away? Um, I suggest you don't run away because this is very real. It's something that you need to deal with right now. And what you want to do is stand there and be prepared. So if I'm anybody, I want to be number five. He looks like he knows what's coming. He's confident in what he has prepared in terms of his security and his defense and he's ready to take the hit. That's who we want to be. Everything starts with our security risk assessment within the business. That translates into the home as well. So if we're following the administrative, physical, and technical safeguards, then we can transverse that into what are we doing in terms of the environment that we create at home, which is now an extension of the office. So if one of the listeners today is sitting at a home office and you're listening to this presentation and you look at your environment, you're probably working on a PC, which is connected either through Wi-Fi or a modem 
into uh, that system, which then goes to your internet or whoever your carrier is and through that back to your office. Um, so have you spoken with your IT manager or have you spoken with the consultant who comes in and works with your office on IT about your environment? Are you willing to give them access to look at it and make sure that you've done everything that you can from a physical and technical safeguard perspective in order to protect your environment and therefore protect your employer's environment because you've now become an extension of that. All right, so hopefully that, that helps. I'm not gonna get into specifics there, but I think it's more common sense and we're gonna drill down on what those things can be. Um, for the business, make sure that when you do your security risk assessment, that is not the end all solution for what you're trying to accomplish with your SRA. You need to have that gaps and vulnerability plan. You need to have that action plan written and documented. Um, you need to demonstrate at least one year, but it should be three, four, up to seven years previous SRAs that are in place and demonstrate in writing what you've done to improve your systems over that period of time. If you get audited, these are the things they're gonna be looking for. So again, my last point there is documented improvement. Um, let's go right to the office. What happens and what's causing all of these breaches that are occurring? And predominantly it is phishing emails. Um, what I put up here as an example for you um, are three very good examples of, from Amazon, Netflix, and PayPal of the type of phishing uh, programs that are out there. I actually saved them and put them in a vault. Uh, and we talk about them here in the office in, in terms of the creativity that the bad guys have and how good it looks. Remember, sometimes somebody you know was breached through that communication with that office or with that individual, the person who's sending you the spam email has knowledge of who you're working with. They know what those emails look like and they can go in and make slight adjustments so that to the casual eye, it's like, oh yeah, this is my Amazon account. They're asking me to log in. I forgot to do something when I ordered X, Y, Z. And you click on it unknowing what you're doing is now sharing your login and password information with that third party. You're not logging into Amazon although they do a really great job of making it look that way. Uh, some of these organizations set up entire websites and businesses with a call center just to spam people and get that information. So please be careful. Uh, if you take a look at the point that I have there, uh, exclamation points look like L's. And the example would be WellPoint or WellPoint. Now, when you look at that slowly, it's easy to see. When your eye is scanning the screen from three or four feet away, depending on how close you have your screen to your eyes, you may not see that difference. And because you're moving very quickly and very rapidly, you'll miss it. So you've got to take the time. Anything that has a click here, link here, take that cursor, put it over the top, scroll on it and look at where it's going. If you don't know that address, if that address is not consistent with where you're sending data normally, don't click on it, delete that message. When in doubt, delete that message. I, I want to stress that. When in doubt, delete it. Don't click on it. Worst case, ask somebody, but don't click on it. One phishing breach can equal a $2 million fine to the business that you're part of. Uh, that's significant. In many cases, that's the end of the business. So right now, everybody needs to be very diligent in terms of the emails that are coming in, the types of emails that are coming in, and making sure we don't click on the wrong things. At the office, what can we do to protect ourselves? And I'm going to take you through the office and versus home. A couple of things that we see out here, and this is just really, really my own personal observations, is privacy screens. You know, how often does the uh, does a customer come in, a, a patient come in, 
and they lean over the desk talking to the people who are at the front desk asking them in. Uh, they have big eyes, they can see things. Uh, maybe somebody's working in another area and even though you think it's far away, this person can see what they're doing. So privacy screens are very, very inexpensive invest, uh, investment that allow you to provide security to the information that's on your desktop. Also, you're moving around, you're in a pretty vibrant environment if you're in an office and you don't always get to just sit down there and start from A through Z to get something done. You have to get up and do something, help another coworker, take a lunch break, take a break, whatever the case may be, bio break, um, on that desktop set to timeout if in fact you don't close it yourself. The third thing, don't allow USB devices to be used within the office. So if you're an administrator and you're listening to this, I suggest that you talk to your IT team and go through and disable all of the USB ports that you have on any equipment within your office. Unless you specifically know it needs to be used, disable it. You cut down on the ability for people to do things that might be impactful to you from a breach perspective. Um, and obviously you don't wanna leave any papers that might have PHI them on the desk. So have some type of a program, it's part of your HIPAA training to cover that information. I can't tell you how often I, as a business person go into healthcare organizations, there's a trust relationship with me, even though they have a BAA with me that's signed, should I have the ability to see what's on their desk? And the answer is no, I should not. Even with the BAA, I should not. So have some program that people are covering things up. If you're using it, you shouldn't be in the area where people who are uh, patients have the ability to see that. Last but not least, one of my pet peeves, no social quizzes, no access to Facebook or some other social media program where they have you playing some game where you're gonna guess. And I'm gonna give you an example of that uh, going forward here. So what can I do at home? Uh, this is less glamorous than the last slide, but really, really important. Secure that Wi-Fi. Make sure you go in there and provide a safe key to lock down your Wi-Fi environment. Make sure you're updating your passwords. I, I know you wanna use the same password for everything, but if you're gonna do that, and, and I'm gonna go the, the perspective that you will do that, then um, I'm gonna give you an idea in a slide later on here, how you can do that and make it much safer. But if you're diligent, go in and change that password at least once every three months, if not every six months, okay? Um, headquarters provides the hardware. So if you have people working from home and you're concerned about security, then give them a laptop that is completely encrypted and set up for that safety and then have them using that at home and not using their own PC, which might be caching information and caching PHI on it. Uh, make sure those laptops are encrypted. Make sure that we have proper passwords. Again, I, I emphasize passwords. Um, secure password protection, dual factor authentication into the portals, antivirus installed, anti spyware installed, and we want to make sure you're updating the patches on your system on a regular basis. So that's home. Uh, a little bit of a note to NIST here. Uh, if you guys don't know, National Institute of Standards and Technology, they kind of tell us how we should be doing this. And I, I follow them pretty closely, uh, especially in the healthcare world. We want to make sure that we're doing everything to protect patient PHI. You know, they come in and we think about it from a medical perspective, do no harm. Well, that harm now extends to their digital footprint that they have as part of your organization. So what can we do to protect the patient PHI, whether we're working at home or we're working in the office? Uh, and this gives you some idea. My company, Sphere, we deal with this. This is a, an area of focus and you can see these are three of the things where we provide a lot of value. Um, if you're an administrator, 
one of the things that you're facing or a cost that you're looking at on a regular basis right now is public cloud versus private cloud. And how do I know the difference between the two? All I try to do here is give you a breakdown of what those differences are so that if you're sitting down with a vendor, if you're sitting down with somebody and you're thinking of moving from an on-premise based EMR system to a cloud-based EMR system, then you want to be asking these questions and you want to be able to have an, a knowledge base that you can work from. So um, if you have more questions about this, this could be an entire presentation all in of itself, then please reach out to me, um, reach out to your IT people or consultants and, and talk to them about public cloud versus private cloud. It's extremely important for you to understand how it works. More and more, we're getting rid of that necessity to have servers in our office and we're moving to the cloud for our services. Software as a service is, is very big. I'm sure everybody's familiar with it at this point. We use so many applications in this area. So educating yourself on what it is and how it works is extremely important. Encryption. So I wanted to talk to you about this and specifically the password. So what gets encrypted? My desktops, my laptops, my tablets, even my, uh, my phone, whether it's a, an Android or a uh, iOS uh, Apple phone. Um, I can do things to encrypt all of that data. Don't let people tell you that it's automatically encrypted. Go into the settings and actually make sure that the encryption is activated and turned on. Uh, you've probably heard of two-factor authentication. When you're talking to a software vendor, ask them, is, do you have two-factor authentication available? How do I take advantage of that? How do I turn it on? Um, the length of the password matters. Most of the algorithms that the bad guys are using are focused on eight characters. They have one letter, one special character, and then whatever you want to put in there, your address, your birthday, uh, hint, hint, that's why we don't want to do the quizzes. Um, you want to change them regularly. But in fact, what we've learned is that longer sequences become much more difficult for the hackers to break. And in fact, their algorithms are thinking, they're using AI and machine learning in order to break into your system. If they see a password that has 41 characters in it, their algorithm will skip that more often than not, unless it's a targeted attack, in which case you have no, no defense. They're gonna get you. If they're gonna sit there and spend three days to break into your system, then they'll spend three days. But in, you, in this one, you can see 2021 at healthcare passwords are hard to remember. That's an easy sentence for you to remember and use. But from a digital perspective, that's a really long string. So if you say I live at and you use the address that you were at home, um, even though that's something that they might pick up from somewhere else, I live at, you know, with that address, you know, in the year that you lived in that place, and you put that all together in a sentence, becomes a very complex password that's hard to break. And that's what I'm recommending to all of our clients. That's what we have people that we're working with do. You can do this at home, you can do this in the office. It becomes extremely unique to you. Um, and so I want to highly recommend that to everybody. Passwords go in, they get encrypted, and that's what they look like when they're going out. So remember, it's just zeros and ones from a technical perspective, and that's what the algorithms that are breaking these are doing. So if I have an eight-character-based eight password, then I'm only looking to break eight instead of 41. 41's harder, 41's better. Okay, so no more quizzes. I talked about that. Uh, take a look at why I did this. Stop giving people your personal information to guess your password and security questions. That's how all of these 
games are designed. Take a look at what you write there. And even if it's your sister, your brother, or your best friend who's sharing it with you, take a pass. Don't, don't fill those out, especially on Facebook or any other social media site. You're sharing it with hundreds of people. It's easy for that to be hacked, for people to break in, to impersonate you, and to gather information that might be part of what you use to put together your information. You know, within the office, as you talk to people who are working from home, and working from home is not an excuse to not train and teach, take advantage of real incidents that occur within your environment or that you've heard from other friends, and use that as a 15-minute uh, teaching exercise. You know, if we're, if we're all at home and we're on a Zoom session, let's take a few minutes to talk about what we can do to basically teach and enforce compliance within the group. Um, the more we see the type of unique things that happen out there that lead to breaches, the more we can do to put it into our memory not to do that ourselves. And so I constantly enforce this of uh, teach from real experience. You know, if I sit here and I talk to you about three or four things that I've seen, it doesn't matter as much as if your administrator shares with you something that's happened in the office. You don't have to call an employee out. You don't have to embarrass anybody. Just share with everybody. These are the type of things that happen. Mistakes will happen. That's okay. That's part of life. Um, but let's get better at what we do and be more diligent in terms of that uh, culture of security that we want to create. Okay. So significant breaches can lead to an exfiltration of uh, EPHI. Um, we don't want to walk through these. That would take too much time. But Look what happens when we don't do something appropriately. We dispose of paperwork inappropriately. That can cost us $82 million. A ransomware account, which is usually the back end of some phishing exercise, $54 million. Um, it's interesting, I was speaking at a conference and the director of security from Gold Coast was in the audience and actually raised her hand and actually helped me to explain exactly what happened with this phishing attack here, $5.4 million worth of damage for them. Um, it's not something they had budgeted, by the way. Uh, and of course, you know, the employee hack. And then most recently here with Wilmington uh, on the East Coast, uh, $17 million. Look at the number of records that were accessed, the impact of the organizations. You don't want to end up on this list. You don't want to end up on the HHS wall of shame. So going back to that teaching, going back to the practical things that you can do to protect your environment. Um, you know, at the end of last year, which, gosh, it seems so... Uh, so just a short time ago, FBI, CSA, uh, HHS came out and warned us that there was a heavy, heavy focus on the healthcare industry being attacked. And that's because we've extended ourselves from the clinical office to a major hospital, our healthcare group, and now it's the home office, the clinical office, and the hospital group. And so that network is stretched, the ability to wrap security around that is stretched, and it becomes more vulnerable the health record remains as valuable as ever, which means you need to be, as an employee, as an employer, more diligent at protecting that information, All right? What does a breach look like? I thought we'd take just a real quick minute, walk you through that. There's zero day, whether it's a phishing exercise or it's an employee who gets into your system, they identify or find a way to get into the system. They look like that bad guy that I have there. Within one to five days, they've identified where the PHI exists in your environment, and they start to work towards exfiltrating that, and especially with the bad guys who get into our systems. I just read an article yesterday. It was two and a half years between when they broke in and when it was identified that the breach actually occurred. Two and a half years. Think about how much damage was done uh, during that period of time. In my scenario here, within 30 days, they've staged everything for exfiltration. 
they now start to transfer that using the same security measures that I told you about at the beginning of the presentation, an FTP process, an external server. They're using security to th move things out that you should be using to move things in and to protect it. And then 280 days, which is the average, according to the Poneman report, uh, that you become aware of the fact that you've been breached. You know, and here's the worst part. You now have 15 to 60 days to report this breach and get, get working. You know, you've got to call Rachel Rose or you've got to call one of these experts and bring them in. You start working with healthcare compliance uh, to figure out what are we going to do, but that's where the costs start. Uh, I wanted to throw in here that that's where that guy starts his activity right there. Uh, my organization, what we do is we help you to prevent that. So within that zero day, we identify that activity, bring it to your attention and allow you to take actions to shut it down. So that's my one second plug. Keep moving. Um, regulatory mandates that you need to be aware of, and this applies to you at home as much as it does in the office. You've got your HIPAA CFRs, you've got your OCR and CMS audits that are out there. Uh, remember, uh, I always talk about do no harm applies to the digital footprint uh, of your patients as much as it does the doctor's interaction with the patients when they come in for a visit. So again, these slides are available to you. You can look at these. I've tried to keep it simple. Um, if you get audited, wow, what happens if I get audited? This is one of my favorite slides because these are the things that they're going to be looking for. Um, I touched on it earlier in the presentation, that security risk assessment updated most recent so we better have the 2020 security risk assessment completed documented in the books available digitally part of our policies and procedures we've gone in there we've done our gap analysis if somebody comes in we have documented evidence of what we've done user monitoring what are my users doing how are they accessing the phi when do they access the phi obviously this is a role that sphere plays and this is why I got into this part of the business. Those gaps and vulnerabilities, are we working on them? Are we constantly trying to improve our environment to make sure that we are safe and therefore our patients who we interact with are safe? Do we have an action plan to get that done? Do we have a disaster recovery plan in the event, especially with ransomware? If we were to have to shut our system down due to ransomware, do we have a backup solution that is secure that we can bring back up and have the business up and running? We have uh, a customer who's in the uh, MRI business, shall we say, um, they cannot afford to be down for a day or two days because that's tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars for them to be down just for a day. So what would the cost be to your business, to your physicians, if you were down for a day? And of course, an education plan, constantly going back, looking at the things that we've done and learning from them. So visible and demonstrable, that's what I'm trying to emphasize here. Make sure that everything you do is documented. The old adage, if it isn't documented, it didn't happen. Um, and be able to show that to an individual either through a digital format or a paper format and make sure that your staff and that you are trained on what to do during those scenarios. All right. Final thing for Sphere, my one plug here again, uh, what we do is we audit that patient data. We audit your employees and what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, click by click. We alert you to any abnormalities in the way that they're using that data and allow you to manage the forensics associated with any type of report or complaint that comes in uh, from a patient or from a third party that you can drill down on that data going back seven years and look at that and determine whether or not any malfeasance has taken place. It's an extremely valuable tool and it, we basically do the work so that you can focus on patient care.
um, at this point, I want to thank everybody for your presentation and let's see if we have some questions. Thank you so much, Ray. Um, that was a really wonderful presentation and very, uh, very informative and um, very easy to understand. So thank you so much. Um, we do have a few questions. Great. And the first one is, um, how do I make sure that my home computer is encrypted? Okay. Um, I can I can I can share with them even though I'm in IT we want to know how do we encrypt uh, the PC at home it seems so simple and we keep hearing about how it's already done it's not already done um, so the answer is two parts um, whether you're using a Mac or you're using a PC so with a Mac uh, you want to go into your system preferences you're going to click on your security and privacy button you'll see something in there called file vault click on file vault and open that pane once you have that, you're going to be asked to enter a password. You'll enter your password for your system, and you're going to choose how to unlock your disk and reset your login password, uh, and then you hit continue, and that's it. You're done. You've encrypted your environment, and you don't have to worry anymore. Uh, you might want to take a, a second with either the PC or the Apple. Uh, talk to your IT guys again. I always emphasize talk to IT. Make sure you guys are on the same page. Uh, they may have a policy and a procedure within the organization that they want you to follow. Um, you can also just go onto Google and you can Google this and it'll help you. There's really great guides. With a PC, it's very similar. Uh, I want to go to the start button. I'm, again, I'm going to click settings. I'm going to go to my update security and device encryption. And I'm just going to turn on encryption. Boom, I'm done. Uh, so it's that simple. Um, and you've got that environment. Take a look at your other devices. I talked earlier about tablets, your mobile phone. But don't just assume it's turned on. Take a look, go in your settings, make sure it's done, especially after you do any type of an upgrade or they force you to do an upgrade. Go back into your settings and make sure it didn't change your encryption settings. Uh, it's a good habit to have as you go forward. I hope that helps. Very much so. Very, very much so. Um, okay. Uh, here's another question. I'm using the EHR regularly. Is there a risk that I could get hacked and expose my office as well? Hmm. Yes, <laughs> uh, yeah, there is um, a, a big risk, and it's a great question uh, because of that. So as I mentioned, in uh, the home setups are inherently less secure than any office environment. Uh, I advise you to start by speaking with your IT and your admin, the senior managers in your office about this and see what you guys have in terms of policies and procedures. Uh, you might, might want to ask about the login process into the EHR. Do you have dual factor? Um, you may want to check and see if there's some type of a secure VPN, uh, again, secure VPN that you have access to when you're using any portal or uh, EMR or EHR or clinical application within your office that allows you to have an additional layer of security around that access process. Um, each environment is going to vary. Uh, so sit down with the people in your office and take a look at that and make sure that what you're doing is consistent with the rules that you guys have in your office. I think that'll help you a great deal, but it's actually a really important question. Yeah, there's always a risk. There's a risk when we're in the office, yet alone uh, working from home. So uh, great question. Okay. All right. I think we have time for one more question. Okay. Is there a way for me to see what my remote users are doing from home and what they're accessing? Okay. Um, sounds like this person has admin uh, right. Yeah, I was just thinking that, yeah, as opposed to um, one of the other um, staff members. 
Right, right. So with that in mind, I would say, yes, there is. Uh, there's a couple of different ways that we can do that. Um, and I don't want to get too techy with, with the answer. So if we're using a um, ONC certified uh, EMR, EHR environment, then one of the requirements they have is that they need to provide you with a log file. Uh, it's a bit cumbersome. <laughs> it's really hard to read, uh, which is why I got into this business. But um, you do have the ability to go into the audit logs and to review what, whatever incident it is you're interested in. You can take a look at that person. You can take a look at that day uh, within those audit logs. Now, there's it's codified. It's difficult to read, but it is an avenue that's available to you to see what your users are doing. Okay. If you know specifically the patient you're looking for, the time frame you're looking for, maybe you can narrow it down and try to find that in the audit logs, but they were never written to be easy to read. Um, there are network level tools such as Splunk that you can take advantage of that will look at the data that's going in and going out of your system. That's one way to monitor your users, but it doesn't allow you to see inside. And that's kind of how I got into the game with Sphere. Sphere lets you look at each individual user who you credentialed into your system and gives you a you know, uh, 24 by 7, 365 view of that user and their activity. And if they do anything that's out of line, then Sphere will send you that alert. So not trying to plug myself, but your question kind of fits there. Um, you can use that to drill down very quickly and very easily, and you spend minutes identifying whoever it is and being able to check that. So there are different things you can do, going from manual all the way to automated, that'll help you to uh, meet that need. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, well, uh, thank you, Ray, very much. Did you have any other advice or things that you wanted to think about or leave with us today? Yeah, I think uh, the, the last thing I, I would say to everybody is that, you know, we've we've all moved into work from home environments. And, and with that, we've exposed ourselves more than we did in previously to the potential for a hack or ransomware or a phishing attack. Um, and, and it's easy to get complacent. So take an extra moment to look at what's on your screen, especially if you're in your email environment, because that's where most of the bad things start. Uh, be diligent in not clicking on things. And I think from there, follow some of the rules that I shared with you today. Everything that I shared with you is free. You can do this on your own. It's not gonna cost your organization any money. It might take you an extra minute a day to be diligent. And there's a really huge positive outcome that comes from that. So no, that's it. Okay, all right, very, very good. Well, um, I, again, I wanted to thank you so much for being here and for um, preparing this presentation for us and uh, and for being here. So thank you so much, Ray. Very much appreciate it. Um, I wanted to uh, tell our attendees to please use the contact information on the screen for any questions. Uh, if you send us any questions, we'll forward them on to Ray at Sphere Inc. Please remember your PACOM and PMI CEU certificate will be emailed to you from within two days following the broadcast. There's no need to request it. You can register for future webinars or request a demo of our compliance solution on our website at firsthcc.com or call us at 888-543-4778. And thank you for joining us.